Here at Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska, it's just kids, all day, every day. Our pediatric experts are here to answer your questions and weigh in on hot topics, helping you keep your child healthy, safe, and strong. We're here for you. Listen in. Twenty twenty has brought many challenges and changes to the way we live, work, and play. As families approach the holiday season with upticks in coronavirus cases nationwide, there are lots of new variables families are dealing with. Should I travel to see extended family? Are there ways to safely celebrate the holidays in this new normal? We talked to pediatric psychologists Dr. Rio Newring and Dr. Michael Kautz with Children's Behavioral Health Team about how families can intentionally create and foster connections with relatives while we're physically apart. Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Rio Neering. I'm a psychologist over at Children's Behavioral Health. Um, and I'm here with my co-conspirator who can introduce himself. I'm Mike Kautz. I'm also a psychologist with Children's Behavioral Health. And we're gonna be talking a little bit today about fostering connections while socially distance, um, distancing this holiday season. Yeah, this whole COVID thing is putting a real damper on our holiday plans, right? Yeah, a lot of plans. <laughs> What are you telling your patients right now about how to, how things are going to be different this year and how to like set some boundaries? Oh, I'm not necessarily telling them how things are going to be different so much as that things are going to be different. Um, this obviously is just an unprecedented time for everyone. I don't think anyone can really predict how it's going to impact every individual person because it impacts them differently. I, I know that you and I have talked about just a lot of the patients that we see I've got some kids that love this, you know, they're, they're totally embracing the social distancing, the lack of, of constant social engagement. And then I've got other kids that are, you know, having a harder time with this. And so I think it, it really does speak to how this, this whole situation impacts everyone a little bit differently. Um, and so really it's, it's just one getting, getting kids to think about what, what is it that you want out of these um, holiday types situations what what's normal for you and then kind of crafting okay how can we kind of make it adapt to what you're looking for within the changes that are occurring um, when it comes to talking and setting boundaries again everyone's a little bit different on what those boundaries are and so I kind of feel them out on what 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 they think and and I'll if, if warranted or if they desire I'll offer, offer some psychoeducation on health and um, how to respond to this type of situation. But for the most part, I'm, I'm letting them guide based on what they're feeling. And then we craft, okay, how do we want to express that? Or how do we want to adapt again, adapt that to the situation that we're in? Yeah, I think, I think something I'm seeing a lot is just sort of general sadness and anxiety coming into these holidays, sort of, can we even have a Thanksgiving or how can we have a Thanksgiving or wh what does it even mean? You know, I, I've heard some mournful grandparents chiming in about Zoom is just not the same or I'm not very computer savvy, so I don't really know how to do the thing. And it's, um, it's, been, it's been kind of sad. Yeah, I think that's the social disconnect that, that we're gonna talk about is that, that it's just, it's so different than what we've traditionally done. And, and, and I, 
I think there is a, a, a age difference too in terms of how some of like my younger families with younger parents are much more open to these types of things. And, and kids certainly have taught me more about Zoom than any anyone in our clinic. Um, and and yeah, with with um, parents and, and older grandparents too, it's just it's so different and and such a different way to connect. Uh, I work with a lot more boys probably, um, but you know they interact with their friends on video games, and so for them, zooming with their grandparents is just like a conversation. Um, versus for the grandparents, it's really not it's it's you know you can't touch you can't you can't smell you can't feel you can't do all of those different sensory things that that we're so used to i've been thinking a lot about how to use the five senses to to really um foster connections um you know if you if if all you have is the telephone that's fine use the telephone if you have access to something where you can actually see the people and hear them do that any kind of video conferencing you can find uh you know mm -hmm. facetime zoom webex there's a gazillion Sorry. out there now. Um, and then I was also thinking about doing some like shared experiences on the same timetable. I personally have family members out in California and Washington. So if we're gonna do a call, I need to be aware that sort of they're at 10 a.m. while I'm at noon, but we could bake the same cookies that we've always baked as a family at the same time, um, just sort of sharing sharing that connection over over the distances in time if that makes sense definitely um my son just turned three and we had a birthday party over zoom with with my my family and my wife's family like our parents and we you know coordinated it where you know my wife was facetiming and i was zooming and um <laughs> we did presents you know they opened like he opened his presents and and again it's not the same but it was a way to share that same connection and then we did cake uh at different times with with the different parents because of the time differences <laughs> there and so it was just he was super happy to have cake twice and um <laughs> right. so he was good but but for them it was able to we were both able to share in that experience even if it wasn't exactly the same yeah i think it's a it's a really good point to remember that as difficult as it is to set all that stuff up it's totally worth it the more effort you put in the more just sort of joy and connection you get out. Yeah, I, before we even set this, or, you know, we had the vague talk kind of idea of what this was about. The very first thing I have on my list of just jotted notes was planning and scheduling. Um, the importance of like, we really have to, to plan and schedule it because especially when you're trying to coordinate a Zoom, like you don't know where other people are or what they're doing. And so, yes, technology is allowed for a lot of convenience, but at the same time, there's you don't want to undermine the, the importance of planning and scheduling, like setting up times and, and time zones, of course, noting the difference there, but um, finding something that works. And it also gives that uh, anticipation feeling too, that looking forward to for holiday things that I think, at least for me, I've always enjoyed is that anticipation. And so it's another way to kind of foster that because you know, oh, we're talking to Nana and Papa on Sunday at 11. This is gonna be right. great, you know. Right, knowing what you're looking forward to. Um, and I've also been thinking a lot about kind of the, the other side of it, the retrospective side, that something that I, a lot of families do, I think, is during these holidays, they sit around and talk about what used to be, um, how traditions have changed over time, or you know that funny thing that Aunt Sally always does. 
I think keeping those um, those like verbal storytelling traditions is we have to keep them going because this year that's some people that's all they have. Um, but really putting effort into that too. Hey, remember when? And everybody gets to laugh about. Or you know, looking at the really old photographs. Um, if you can share the files, then do. Yeah, I think that speaks to one of the questions about you know. I think one of the questions was, do we keep old traditions, or is 2020 a time for new traditions? And I think yes. Um, as much as you can identifying the important ones that you want to, and then okay, how do we adapt that? So you mentioned like baking cookies. Maybe, maybe there are specific cookies that you guys always had, but maybe you're not going to be able to go see um, some of your other family. Well, again, that's where you can plan a schedule a time to, to bake them. And so we're all having them. And that, that helps with kind of the sensory thing of the taste and the smells and, and sharing recipes and different things that you can do to make it feel the same, even though it's not. While also, if you're interested in new traditions, make new traditions. Like it kind of goes into the mindset of, of you know, looking at it and what can we still do instead of what can't we do and not focusing too much on what we can't do so much as, okay, here's what we still can do. So we can still tell those stories, even if we're not all together around the fire, you know, it's like, we're just all around the Zoom. <laughs> right. Although I was also thinking, you have to keep your expectations realistic. You can't be, this is the year I'm going to learn how to make a triple souffle. I mean, you can, if you have the energy and the expertise but be careful setting yourself up too much for disappointment. Right. What are the technological or strategic ways that you've been thinking about for connecting with families? So, so, so much of this honestly is, is what I've done myself in the last nine months. Um, and, and that's where a lot of my notes that I jotted down came from, like the planning and scheduling. Um, since, since we started telehealth at, through Children's, um, that first week, I set up a, a Zoom date uh, with a bunch of my friends from high school, and we've done that every week, every Friday night, with like two exceptions, um, where we all get together and we we plan it, and it's the same kind of night. And you know, there's about eight of us, but you know, sometimes it's just two of us, sometimes it's four of us, sometimes it's all eight, and so it's just setting that up and using like, again, I'd never done Zoom prior to us using it for telehealth. And now I spend all of my day on Zoom. I Zoom with my, my parents every Thursday. Um, and so it's, we did trivia every Wednesday with a group of friends that like, it's just, okay, these are things that we enjoy. So how do we do it over Zoom? Um, it, it doesn't have to be Zoom. I just keep saying that because that's what we're using right now. And that's what we use every day, but it can be Skype, it can be uh, WebEx, it can be FaceTime, it can be the telephone. I mean, it doesn't have to be video conferencing, but that's always preferable to see who you're talking to. Do you find that how you communicate with people that you've always known, always, I mean, you've always talked to these people, but now that we're in a pandemic, and I don't know if you sort of feel that uh, sense of uncertainty that looms, um, but has it changed your connections with people? like with my friends, it's probably changed it for the better just because we consistently talk. Like we would talk on the phone periodically, but to get everyone together was rare uh, unless it was like a holiday back home. And so we kind of moved that to like a normal basis. I, I would say with my parents, it's it's a lot different because we don't get to see them. And, and you know, like I said, I have a three-year-old and so they're missing essentially a year of seeing him and getting him to develop. And, and so he is making those connections via Zoom, but he's also three and trying to use 
you know, a computer to connect. And, and so it's, it's, it, that part has been more challenging and, and harder on me emotionally because it's, you know, I know what it's a hard for them. And it's, it's hard for me, obviously, not to be able to connect with them the same. But as an adult, I feel like we still communicate pretty well. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I don't feel like it's changed as much for us, except for that aspect of like what it means to be missing that time with him. Yeah, I think I tend to be a little bit more touchy feely in my relationships in general. So I've been thinking a lot more about, you know, like telling people what they mean to me. This is probably the year to say, hey, do you remember that wonderful trip that we took however long ago? Or, hey, whenever I hear your voice, it reminds me of this other wonderful thing that warms my heart. Um, but remembering to say what people mean, um, remembering the I love yous, I, again, I'm super touchy-feely like that, but that seems really important to me this holiday season. And that's actually a great point. I hadn't thought about or really even thought about it talking about here, but I would say that has changed for me. I feel like I'm probably less touchy-feely and, and um, emotionally expressive um, more so. But I mean, there've been times with my friends where we've all kind of been a little bit more vulnerable in expressing what's going on in our lives. I think one from the consistency, but also because there is a little bit of a distance. And as as males traditionally, we're not always the most um, secure and expressive with the emotional aspect. But that has come up a couple times where I felt like that probably wouldn't have happened without some of that distance. And and I, obviously with my parents, I've been more aware, so I've been been making more of a point to be more expressive with them whereas maybe in the past it would have been a hug and that's that's my way of communicating well I can't do that so now I'm like okay now I really need to be more more um, verbose in my wording okay. more skilled there when before it was probably more physical ways of affection um, I can't do that and so I'm trying to with her with my parents at least trying to balance that with um, more verbal recognition and awareness and expression versus you know the touch and, and that so that's, that's actually a really good point i hadn't thought about i mean that this stuff is so stressful the pandemic is stressful the holidays can be stressful the two of them on top of each other i can't even i mean there's a lot of worry <laughs> going on about what's going to happen how it's going to go um have you thought much about like self-care are you talking to your patients much about that um, yeah, I think a lot more so for the ones that I'm constantly talking with about self-care. I think I'm emphasizing it more. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can't talk more about mindfulness and the, the value of practice with meditation and mindfulness. Um, and we talked earlier about the, the sensory aspect of things. And, and so I'm, I'm, hammering that more than I normally hammer that home um, because it is something that you can take anywhere. It is something that you can have at any time. Um, and, and so regardless of your situation, that's always something that's, that's um, available, if you will. So, but more specifically, like I, I'm thinking like, you know, you, you bake whatever you bake and then there's the smells of baking and the tastes of baking. What are the other mm -hmm. sensory um, strategies that you can take with you? Um, pictures, um, reviewing photos, sharing. I mean, to continue with the technology theme, Google Share, you can share photos. Um, you can just set up a time of even just reviewing photos with a family member, you know, like 
we want to talk about or we're talking about this period of time let's pull up the pictures from that and let's go through that or let's share like, you know i've got the the copies on my computer let me share that with you and then we can go through that um yeah. certainly reviewing memories and, and times through, through sight but then also trying to again like if you can incorporate more of those like the smell or the taste uh, even the sound just hearing your your family members or the important people with you around you hearing their voices and hearing those like more frequently sure. um, I, sharing I, I, a spotify uh, playlist yeah yeah music that's great um especially like you know if you're trying to connect like what are you listening to that's new because you know when kids tell me about music it's like okay i'm gonna listen to that and see what that's all all about and decide if I want to keep doing that or not. But um, you know, my my parents send us uh, send my son books um, that, that they record. So we've got like a holiday, like we've got a Christmas night before Christmas, and you read it and it records your voice reading the book. And so then they send us that. And so then you know it's not the same again as as being able to sit there with him and read it. But we'll read that or we'll play that at night with the book. And you just every time you turn the page, it starts the the recording. And for Easter last year, they did a one where my dad and my mom alternated pages. And so you know my son loves that. And so those are different options that I I never would have thought of. Like, but that's a way to again connect and keep for them for to keep their voices in in his mind and keep him feeling connected yeah um and when i think about self-care some of it for me is also time by myself sort of what do i need to do to heal me and make sure that i'm at my best um i love taking a walk at night um exercise is so important doing your breathing doing your mindfulness practice like you were saying um being as healthy as you can um I think self-care ends up kind of falling into two camps. One is like healthy behaviors and the other is like self-soothing, but maybe not as healthy, you know, alcohol and sweets kind of go into that category and, and balancing both forms of self-care because it's a long holiday season to get through. Yes, especially if you're making a lot of cookies. Right. Yeah, I, I think that awareness is really key of is this, is this self-care or is this self-soothing and how much of the self-soothing am I doing? Um, there's certainly very many benefits and value to self-soothing, but there's also much finer line between doing too much self-care versus too much self-soothing. There's there's certainly finer line with the self-soothing. Uh, right. Um, so moderation would be always something to, to we talk about, but what does that mean? Um, right. That awareness is key for knowing what that is for, for moderating that. And I like that point of just sort of paying attention, listening to listening to yourself. What do you need right now? How do you get how do you get through this in the best way possible? How do we make this the the coolest pandemic holiday season we can have? And and I think too, being able like we talked earlier about how do we express that, being able to to, to express that to others. I need some time for myself, or I need this time to to recharge or to to benefit myself. And then as just because I always put things into terms of like talking with kids and parents, but like you're also modeling that as a parent for for your kids of being able to express like, hey, I'm, this is really hard for me. I'm going to need to go take a walk for, you know, 20 minutes to kind of clear my head or just have some time for myself, some peace and quiet. Then you're at least modeling for them how to communicate that and that it's okay to, to say that I need this or to ask for help. Um, so that's, that's really 
a nice way to to model it, but also to to exhibit and practice it yourself. Absolutely agree. So there might be difficult conversations during this time as well, where uh, you do have to set some boundaries about what's expected from for yourself and for other family members, whether that be. I'm not going to come to Thanksgiving or, or the holidays because of, of COVID and the pandemic because I don't feel that it's um, safe or, um, you know, like I'm not comfortable using Zoom or other technologies. I don't want to do those. And so um, I, I think being very direct and, and upfront from the beginning about your, your feelings and, and being very clear about why you don't feel comfortable either using Zoom or other technologies or why you don't feel comfortable um, going, uh, being able to, 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 to address that right away and upfront and, and, and forceful in the sense of like saying it with, with confidence and conviction, but not rudely and not aggressively. And I know that's a fine line too, but, but being very like upfront and um, also understanding that it might lead to some hard feelings and, and understanding that the other person might be hurt and being able to hear and accept that that person is hurt because that's hard to hear for anybody right. and right. still staying firm with, with what you believe and what you feel and then trying your best to like we, all the things we've talked about so far of just how do we accommodate, how do we adapt? Right. I was thinking about the principle of uh, close the door, open a window. If you're gonna say, I'm not gonna do this thing, but what can we do instead? You know, if I, I, I'm not going to fly to Washington this year, but we can Zoom, we can FaceTime, we can bake the same cookies at the same time. We can do all these other things that will keep us connected. Or I'm not comfortable using Zoom, but we could still use the telephone. Um, I think if you can offer some sort of an alternative, that helps a lot, it helps soften the blow. And I do know one of the other talking points was how do we, um, talk with kids about that and you know I, I think being very honest you know developmentally appropriate you know I'm not going to talk to my three-year-old about the pandemic and why we can't go see grandparents it's more of you know we just there are certain things going on right now that we're not able to do these things this year um, it's just for this year and we're going to make the best of it here's all the things kind of we can do even if we can't do like you were saying um, the other things and and so I think being direct, but but also again being being approaching it sooner rather than, you know, letting it kind of drag on in ambiguity. Well, you have any other thoughts about the holidays and how you're going to spend them? We're going to do a lot of uh, staying home, and we're going to be doing a lot of social distancing while trying, like all of these things that we talked about, just trying to to make that happen because it is just a different time and. Um, Obviously, like my parents are older and, and my wife's parents are older. And so we don't want to take any chances with that. And so we're using everything we can come and think of, which is really great because it's really helped prepare for this conversation. Um, <laughs> right. But um, yeah, what about you guys? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, we just need to set up the schedule of the Skype calls. We have our, we have our, our, our small family traditions that we've always done um and then sort of fitting those in with the with the family connections that i'm hoping we'll get to do this year we talked about connecting with family and and not everyone has that family base to pull on and so i i also kind of thought about different ways where just connecting with people um 
you know, there are lots of like fine, whatever your interest might be. I just picked a couple, but like, you know, you can do online book clubs. So if like you're really interested in certain authors or, or certain styles of reading or writing, getting into that. Um, I think volunteering, especially around the holidays is such a valuable way to give back. And again, that might look a lot different right. because of COVID, but it's still another way to connect with your community. It's another way to, to give back and, and really, you know, like with Thanksgiving coming up, focusing on gratitude and, and what we're able to do to help others and, and getting support ourselves. And so I think anything that we can do to kind of connect with our community uh, virtually or, you know, depending on whether you're, how you feel about in person, but um, being able to do that in a safe manner, but really focusing on giving back and, and, and working with others, I think can really benefit, especially that self-healing, self-time, self especially if you don't have family to pull on. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. You've been a great audience. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Just Kids Health. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Visit childrensomaha.org for more information on how we can help your child.